Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. I'm James Hicks. In this episode, you will hear from Kevin Post, a missionary with the Navigators organization. Kevin and his wife, Ashley, and their three kids live in Guadalajara, Mexico, where they preach the gospel to the local population. Kevin and Ashley are Grace Point's missionaries, and that Grace Point Church has voted to support them financially and prayerfully. And now, here is Kevin Post with a special message at Grace Point Church. Let's listen in. I definitely wanted to encourage you guys in that I, um, I've been a part of a lot of churches and so that doesn't mean they're good and so a lot of it a lot of them that you go to feel like um, sort of like a get together like every week you just kind of see, see these people once a week and then that's it kind of and so that feels like a family here so I want to encourage you guys in that that it feels good it feels really good and I do agree with you I, I feel like it's fun to get, to be here because I get to meet my New brothers and sisters. For real. So we're going to spend eternity together. So it's exciting. And so I, <coughs> he asked me to speak. And I was like, oh. I'm not a preacher. I guess I'm a missionary. I think everyone should be. But it's like, so I'm kind of trying to focus like, okay, how can I actually encourage you guys in what you're already doing? How can I light the fire under you? How can I encourage you? How can I build your faith? What can I do, you know, from here? And so I feel like the best way to do that is to share my story. Um, share how God has changed my life through the Navigators 1, but just like in what he's doing now. And I think uh, hopefully the Holy Spirit will move and um, he'll speak through me. And hopefully it can be really encouraging to you. And uh, we can leave this place different. And so what I want to do is kind of go through how I got here, what we're doing right now in Mexico. We're serving full-time with the Navigators in Mexico right now, doing university ministry. That started a long time ago. And so essentially I, w- I grew up kind of set up for success. My parents are always involved in church. We were there all the time. They were kind of youth group leaders. They were actually missionaries in Argentina when I was little. Um, and so God was kind of a part of our house. My parents were more, more hands-off. And so they kind of liked to show it, and they didn't really like to preach it. Like they, didn't, they decided to not shove it down our throats. And so that was good and bad probably. Um, but it, it was amazing to have parents that really loved each other and loved the Lord. I think uh, I, I probably don't appreciate it enough. And so, but I, the problem is, like, you can be set up for success and still miss it. You can, so you can miss the point. And so I remember, like, I never read the Bible on my own. And, like, prayer was like emergency prayer. You know, just like, you know, fire extinguisher prayer. You guys know that one? Or just like, oh my gosh, you know, like, God, help me on this test. I'm not ready, you know? That kind of prayer. And so, and so I remember, um, and I was a good kid. I didn't really do anything bad. The, my sin was like all secret. Like, it was like, oh, it's not that bad. But like, it was not on the outside. No one saw it. Everyone kind of saw me as good, you know? And so it's funny that uh, middle school, high school, kind of, a, kind of all the same. Just going to church, family, have my friends. They weren't, they weren't Christians, but they weren't involved in anything bad. And so and it was fine. My parents weren't complaining. And so college, college time kind of came around where you're looking for colleges. And so kind of decided on Clemson University, kind of came up for a variety, a variety of reasons, and it, uh, it seemed like a really good fit. I was super pumped about it. The church that we were with at the time, like the assistant pastor was old roommates with the leader of the Navigators at Clemson at the time, and so they're like, oh man, you're going to Clemson. We should bring Joel Helms to your house, and you get to meet him. Maybe you'll get involved with the ministry or whatever, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, 
I'm actually kind of thinking, like, man, I want to like, try to taste the world a little bit, you know. I just really was. I was just like, I've done the church thing. I want to see what it's like. And so he came to our kitchen, and he's one of those guys that, uh, that starts a conversation with, like, a really crazy deep question, like a really uncomfortable one, you know. And so he, <laughs> the, first th- the first thing he said to me, and it was in the, in the kitchen. There were, like, probably, like, 15 of us sitting around in a circle, and it was quiet. And he's like, hey, so, Kevin, what's God doing in your heart right now? And uh, I, I stood there. I couldn't say anything. I, it was like it was silent probably for like ten seconds. Because like for whatever reason, I, I just not good at lying or BSing anything. I just can't. I just didn't grow up like that. I don't know. And so it was so awkward. But it was just like he's not doing anything in my heart right now. And I couldn't I couldn't lie. And so it was so uncomfortable. And my mom kind of came up to me after everybody had left, and she was like, Kevin, you know if God isn't doing anything in your heart, you might not be a Christian. And I was like, crap. He's like, it's like, you're right. You know? And so, and I kind of grew up as like a minimalist, like kind of thinking, okay, what do I need to do to not go to hell? That's kind of like what my mentality was. Because I had heard all about it, you know? I definitely don't want to go there. Sounds horrible. What do I got to do? Like, tell me what I got to do. Down to the, you know, like, do I need, what, how, many, how do I need to say this prayer? How many times do I need to go to the altar call? You know, whatever it is. And so that's kind of where I was going into college. I was like, dang, am I even a Christian at all? And uh, I don't think I was. I really don't think so. Um, so what happened was I ended up showing up to the Navigators meeting the first, to the surprise of Joel Helms. Because he's like, I'm never going to see this kid again. You know? And so I show up and I stay and it, the Navigators is, is awesome for lots of reasons, and I'm going to share some with you. So I got there, and it was like the first time I saw people my own age that loved God, and I actually wanted to be there. Their parents weren't driving them there. They wanted to go, right? And they wanted to study the Bible. And so the Navigators is all about, the, so it started out in the military, in the Navy, so they're like super disciplined. You know, it's become less and less because as they get further from that point, but it's just like, hey, we need to be in the Word every day, quiet times, early in the morning. We need to be studying the Word, but like crazy intense level. You know, I mean, like inductive Bible study. We need to observe. We need to interpret. We need to apply this to our lives, and we need to memorize Scripture. We got to go, we, like, there's this like 60-verse plan that they have that everyone's going through, and it's great. And, you know, and we need to evangelize. We need to share our faith, and so that we, have a, we have a way to do that, so they taught us how to do that. And it's just like, so they're really disciplined, which isn't normal. So like if you're gonna pick a if you're gonna pick an intense college ministry that like that's the most intense. I didn't know that at the time, um, but it definitely was. And so that and so that's that's one part of it. And the, their bread and butter um, is discipleship. And so what that looks like for them is that the people that are on staff, they um, they're looking out for the people who are faithful, available, and teachable. And so they're like, okay, who are who are they? I'm looking for them, right? And they find them, like, hey, let's get coffee. Okay. And, so you, and they're like, hey, you want to get, you want to do this every week? Let's just get together. I want to, let's just talk. Hey, let me teach you how to have a quiet time. Hey, let me teach you what it looks like to pray. And, and so, and it turns into a, like a two-year-long, let's meet on a weekly basis, and let me walk with you and help you grow. And so someone did that with me, and that was unbelievable. That changed my life. The, the, they kind of base 
that off of 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, which, um, which says, and the things you've heard me say, this is Paul talking to Timothy, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. And so it's like, Paul's talking to Timothy and trust to reliable men who are going to be qualified to teach others. And like four generations of spiritual believers. Like, hey, invest in the guys that are going to be capable of doing it, you know, later. Don't waste your time with these other guys. But like, invest in something. You're going to bless some people and you're going to invest in some people. And so... I was around and I was doing everything, and so it was so good for me to have somebody saying, hey, Kev, let's do this. Hey, let's go share the gospel in your hall. And I was like, oh, are you, f- are you for real? I was like, okay, let's do it. Like, I might pee my pants, but like, okay, let's go. And, uh, and so that changed my life. So like, it, uh, it challenged me in so many ways, and so instead of kind of being a spiritual slump, it was like a spiritual springboard for my life, I feel like, that time with the NAVs. And so I was still real immature, I think, but I was a different person from when I started. Like when I was 18 to 22, I was like, I was different. I was completely different. I ended up meeting Ashley um, my first year. We started dating at the very beginning of the, fir- of the second year. We were both super heavily involved in the NAVs, and so it's a great place to find a spouse, actually. Um, I, would r- I would recommend it. So, they, uh, so we dated three and a half years. We got married right after I finished. I took a little bit longer, just a little victory lap. They, uh, but it was good. It, it like worked out great timing-wise. We got married. We really, really thought we were going to serve with the NAVs like right after college. They have a thing where you can do one or two years and do the same thing you've been doing, but like full-time. You don't take classes. You just live the college life. You don't have to do homework. It's, it sounded really good. But they, the thing was is that um, our parents weren't on board. It just seemed like it, just seemed like it wasn't the right time. We just didn't feel like it was wisdom to go right in. Um, to it. My parents were missionaries more than when um, I was really young, and they were like, hey, we see the value in working some. And if you still guys have a strong call, you guys should go later. They're like, okay. And so we stayed in the um, Greenville area for a year. I got let go from my job, which is one of the biggest blessings of my life, and a, a story for a different time. They, and I got into teaching um, Spanish. So I had majored in Spanish and international trade. And so I got into high school teaching in a Christian school, which was right up my alley is exactly what I was like born to do essentially that's what it felt like and so Ashley was working at the school too um, started having kids we were happy not making a lot of money speech years don't make a lot of money unfortunately um, but we were really happy we had bought a house involved in a good church that was more on the lines of like kind of the spirit side the prayer side and so it was kind of like the navigators is super heavy on the Bible and so it kind of brought us a little bit more towards like a good medium of like okay well where does prayer fit into this too. And so, really healthy. So, that transition from school to work was really humbling, but also just great. It was great. And so, I taught, um, taught Spanish at that school for about four years. And so, then this interesting thing happened. So, this is kind of where, you know, that guy, Joel Helms, that um, he's since passed away. But he, uh, we got like an email from him, and there was a link to the NAV missions page, right? It's like, Okay, what's this? And so Ashley kind of showed me, like, hey, look at this. They're looking for someone to go, like a couple to go long-term, like five years minimum, overseas to serve in college ministry, you know. And we're like, dang, we, we would be perfect for that. <laughs> like, we were products of the Navigators. Like, I'm a Spanish teacher. And, Arge- and it was actually to Argentina. It was like kind of the ad. It was kind of like, hey, we're looking for somebody. And so and my parents were missionaries in Argentina. I had studied abroad in Argentina in college. Just like Argentina. 
And so it was kind of, we just kind of started talking about it. Like, and so we decided that, you know what? Uh, we should pray through it. We should start the process. We should start praying if this is what God wants to do. Because like, even if it sounds great and God doesn't want you to do it, you shouldn't do it. This is like not a good idea. So it's like, hey, God, close the door if we don't need to go. Because we don't want to go if you don't want us to go, right? And so, you know, wide open doors the whole time. It, uh, it was a great experience. I feel like um, it was great. So we ended up getting comf- confirmed, like, hey, we feel like, yes, the Lord is calling you to go. And so you can start raising funds. It was like, oh, great. You know, so that, but that year of raising funds was life-changing, too. I ended up getting, like, way deeper in prayers. I was like, there's no way I can raise this amount of money unless I'm not praying on a consistent basis, but, like, really making prayer a serious part of my life. And so that was a huge blessing, too. So we did that for about a year and two months, three months, and then we, um, I was teaching at the same time, raising money, and then we got on a plane to go to Mexico um, because it's like a, they wanted us to do a training year, in Mexico before we went on uh, to Argentina. And so, long story short, we didn't go to Argentina. <laughs> Door was closed there, and we ended up just staying in Mexico. So, and so we got there, and so I just want to talk about what, what ministry is like, because we're doing the same thing, essentially what, we, what was done to us, but it's got a different flavor. It's got a little Mexican flavor in there. So there, in the, in the NAVs in the U.S., you are, you are training and sending. People are getting there, like, hey, who are my freshmen? They come in, who wants to be discipled? I'm gonna disciple you, you know? Let's go, let's go learn, and then see ya. You graduate, and you're out. You get involved in church somewhere, you can, get, you can disciple people, right? Your community, coworkers, whatever it is. You're doing the same thing, it's just not in the NAV context. Mexico is totally different. It really is, because people, um, it's not like a college experience. People live at home, they don't live on campus. Right, and so it's hard to get people get with people outside of the on outside of school, really. So, like, so if I'm meeting with guys, it's there. There's no Christians around in Mexico; they're all Catholics. But that doesn't really mean anything there. Just like if a lot of people, everyone says they're Christians um, here, and that could mean different things. It's like, okay, but what kind of Christian? Okay, but you know, are you actually following Jesus? You know, and so for almost no one I've met. I haven't met anyone who's really following Jesus. And no one has opened the Bible. Another thing. Most people kind of have heard some stuff. John 3.16 is kind of like you can't even use that verse anymore because everyone's used it too much, right? You've got to use something. You've got to use it to like, pick a different one, you know. But they're like, they've never even heard it. We re- we'll read John 1 together, and they don't know they're talking about Jesus for a while. They just have no idea. Isn't that crazy? I mean, like, so, and... You know, it's a place where, like, we're here, people have a, a, maybe a fairly good opinion of the church. They hate the church. They hate the Catholic church there because it's, it's actually really bad. And so it's, a, it's pushed people away, you know, especially the young generation. And so, and last of all, they have never heard the gospel. They just haven't. Everyone here has kind of heard it, and maybe it's kind of like, you know, but people are hearing it, you know, not there. They, it's like a new, it's just like, oh, I didn't realize the Bible said that, you know? And so that makes it so fun for me to be able to share with somebody for the first time, something like that. To be able to open the Bible with, some, with someone for the first time is so fun to me. So some of the questions I'm asking them, so you have to do ministry differently, 
right? Here you have to kind of convince people they're not Christians before you like share the gospel with them, you know? Everyone kind of thinks they are. No one thinks they are there, you know? And so instead of, you know, I have to start out with them, hey, what does it mean to be Catholic? Because everyone's culturally Catholic, and so what does that mean? And so it's like, hey, maybe it means something that, different than you think it means, right? And, hey, it's, your faith is based on this book that you've never read. I wonder if there's something different in here. Let's, look at, let's check it out, what it means to be Catholic for real, you know? You know, Catholic means universal. It kind of came around in the year 300. It's for everybody. So they just kind of forgot. They just don't understand what it actually means, right? And so I'm not necessarily trying to convert them to being Christians. I just want them to know what it means to be Catholic. It's the same thing as it means to be a Christian, right? You, just, you can be Catholic and follow Jesus, right? What does, this, what does this book have to say about it, you know? So that's one question I ask them. Another question I ask them, hey, once they're reading the Bible with me, who is Jesus and what am I going to do about it? Right, you have to decide. So I kind of I I'd share this with a lot of with a lot of guys. Jesus was either a liar, a crazy person, or he was the son of God. And so you have to decide which one it was. There's not really any other options, right? And so, but if you think that he's the son of God, what are you going to do about it? Like your life has to revolve around him, you know, in a crazy way. And so, so I get the opportunity um, on campus. I uh, I meet guys. Uh, playing sports, like doing dumb stuff, because the guys are just doing the dumb stuff, right? It's like, I gotta, get this, I gotta get meet them with the stuff they're doing, like playing ping pong or playing chess or whatever. I, uh, the, my access on campus is um, doing English conversation clubs, and so I have a master's in, in Spanish education, but it's the same thing, teaching a different language, like a second language. It's just the same, it's just the content's different, right? And so I, uh, I help out a lot. Uh, volunteering with um, English Conversation Clubs, and it's so good because people come and they expect to talk to you for an hour. And so they usually ask, like, well, so what are you doing here in Mexico? I'm like, well, I'll tell you, <laughs> since you asked, you know. And so I get to share all the time. I get to share the gospel all the time just because they ask, so like, what are you doing here? And so it just kind of goes down that line um, so often. And so I meet people like that, and... Uh, so what happens, so we've been there for about two years in, this, in the city that we're in right now. And so what it looks like is those, since I've met those guys, after all, you have to have develop some trust with them. So they have to know that you care about them. And so then some guys are just like, you know, I don't know if I believe in God. And so like, well, that's great. You don't know? Well, yeah, you should probably find out. You should probably kind of be convinced. It's like, well, why don't you bring your questions and let's, let's talk about it. So it's kind of more like a, let's keep the discussion going, right? And it gets to a point where guys are like, you know, I feel like I'm ready to like read the Bible and kind of see what's up with that book because you keep talking about that, right? And it's like, okay, great. Let's read John together and let's see, let's decide who Jesus is. Right? You, got, you, have to, you have to decide for yourself, right? And so that is the idea, again, it has to happen on a weekly basis or kind of on a regular basis to where like I'm reaching out and being intentional with guys. Like, hey, let's get together. Let's keep talking about this. Let's keep the conversation going. Let's go to the next chapter to John. And so there's a big range of guys that I meet with that are from the side of, like, atheists, agnostic. I'm not even sure if this is real. So the guy's like, no, you know, like, I want to do this. Like, how do I be disciplined? And so, like, okay, like the standard navigator stuff enters in. But a lot of guys don't know anything. And so you can't really, like, all right, let's memorize some scripture. Well, they don't even know if God's real yet. And so it just looks a little bit different with every guy. And so that's what I spend my time doing. 
on campus. And so I got, I got a pretty sweet job, actually. And so I really enjoy going. It doesn't feel tedious. It feels, it feels really fun to see people kind of change. And slowly, their answers kind of start getting different. Their questions kind of start like, with the assumption that God's real instead of like if he's real, right? And stuff like that. We've, get, we've been able to see some people, some lives being changed. And so the thing is, it just takes a long time to see someone change like that. Because you, you have the person in your life you can think of, it's like there is no you know, way that person's ever going to follow Jesus. You know, you, everybody can think of somebody in their head right now, right? There's no way. And so, well, that's not true. I mean, Paul was a pretty good example. Like, okay, killing Christians, and then he's like, super apostle. But they, uh, it's, a, it's a slow deal. It's just not normally like one day. Yes, it can be, but normally it's like a, you care about them, you love them. It's a sl- you're just walking with them, answering their questions, reading the Bible with them. So that's what kind of what we're doing, and so, so that's what kind of what we're doing. And so we can we're going to be around for questions of like maybe some specifics of what what else we do. We're involved in our community too. So there's more Ashley's with the moms, and because um, there's tons of kids in our neighborhoods, like a lot of young families, and so it's great, um, a great opportunity. As a, apparently, especially with parenting and marriage, and people ha- like really struggling um, with that too. And so we'd love to answer more questions about that. Oh, <laughs> how did that happen? This is my family. Talking about parenting. Speaking of, so this is us. These are our three kids, and so they keep us really, really busy at home. Isabel, Fisher, and Lucy, from the oldest to the youngest, and so they are sweet. This one, the youngest, is actually Mexican. We had her there, and so we, um, man, they're awesome, and they are exhausting. <laughs> they are, which y'all, most of you know. But it's been so good. Parenting has been life-changing. So what I want to do, what I want to do now, um, now you've met my family. Um, so what I want to do now, you kind of know what I'm, I'm up to. I want to encourage you in something. Um, hopefully it will be encouraging. I, uh, I, am, uh, I am convinced that what I'm doing is not just for missionaries. Like It's not just, okay, the missionaries got to do this. You got to support the missionaries. They're going to share the gospel. They're being faithful. Whatever it is, it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, I, I'm full time. I got so I've got more time to do it. But that doesn't mean I feel like everyone should be doing this, but maybe just on a smaller scale. Does that make sense? And so, I would love to encourage you in that, and maybe kind of give you some practical advice of what that looks like for you specifically. And so I know everyone's context is different, but hopefully this will be encourage you, encouraging to you. Um, I would say, first of all, like, okay, we should all be doing this. Like, so if we're talking about, um, like, okay, I, w- I want to disciple people. That sounds fun. That sounds like a, what I should be doing. You get the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. Is that, does that apply to me? Yes, it does. All right, can I do that here? Yes, you can. Do I have to go? Maybe not, but maybe you should, right? It says go, but you can definitely go right around here, right? So what does that look like practically for me? You know, okay, to my neighbors, but like, do I just knock on the door and just kind of like share the plan for salvation with them? It's like, that sounds really awkward, and it would probably would be, right? It's like, how do I follow up with that? You know, like, that sounds really hard. It's like, what, how do I do that? You know, like maybe there's like some young people in your life, there's like, they need some direction. Like, how do I, how do I walk with them, right? So, which, and we should be doing that, 
but how? So first I would say, I feel like you gotta deal with yourself first. Um, not with us saying like, I gotta, I gotta, not in a way that's like you're never actually gonna go out and use it or like do anything. So I would say like you can't teach someone you can't, you don't already do. Like you can't teach someone something that you don't already do. You can't teach someone how to evangelize if you never share your faith. You just can't. You can try to do it. This is exact, they're gonna see right through you. Like you don't do this. Like you don't really believe what you're telling me right now. And so if you don't pray, you can't teach someone how to pray. You just can't. And so I would say for you specifically, I would say, am I seeking the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength? That, is, that sounds intense. And I think it is. I feel like Jesus wants something from us that most of us aren't giving. And so if that's true, though, if you're like, that's like your goal, you're like, okay, all my heart. I'm right here. I'm like, like, what does that look like for me on a daily basis? Like, I gotta go to work. I need to hang out with my wife and kids. But like, what does that look like to seek him with all my heart? And so that, for me, means practically deep in the word, I mean, you are just soaking it up. You're eating it up. Like, I can't get enough of this book, right? I want to know you, right? I want to know my dad, right? I don't know my dad like I should. I want to know him, right? I need to be strong in prayer. Do I believe that my prayers do stuff? Most people really don't. For a while, I didn't. I, and so your prayers do things. Things aren't going to happen if you're not praying. This is just kind of the deal. It's just like, okay. So, and... Prayer is just going to change you. So it's like you're deep in the Word. You're like super strong in prayer. Like you're, you're like using your free time, like trying to get to know your dad in heaven, right? Your heavenly dad. So it's like if that's true, I mean that has to be in place first for me, at least for me. So one one verse that has really helped me in this, there's a it's kind of out of it's not really out of context. So the first First Corinthians seven thirty five is Paul is kind of the, trying to convince people that it's like better not to get married, you know? It's, like, it's not wrong, but it's, it's probably better to stay single, right? And if you read that, why, like the reason to stay single, it says to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord, right? And so it's like an undivided devotion to the Lord. I wonder what that would look like, you know? Like that doesn't mean coming home after work and like putting Netflix on and just chilling out, right? Doesn't mean watching football all, all day. It just doesn't, I mean, undivided means like, I don't get married because you're going to get distracted. Like, you need to use all your time to try and get this message out there. So we're going to like, I mean, I don't know how else to read that. What Undivided devotion to the Lord sounds intense. It sounds a little bit radical to me, right? You know, if you're I don't know. For me, that's just, I just don't know very many people that, are, that actually do that, right? So if that is true, you know what? He's the only thing. He's number one. Like, I want to I wanna know him, right? If that's true, if that's actually happening in your life, the second part's going to be pretty natural, right? You can't have the discipleship part, like helping people walk along with people, if that, pers- that first thing isn't there. It's just not going to work out very well, I don't think, at least in my opinion. So that second part, i got to share this. Right, you're not gonna have the attitude if that first part's not there. But if that first first part's there, it's like I gotta get this out there. Literally, if if they don't know this, they are going to hell. My friends that don't know God, they don't believe this, and they are literally gonna die forever. They're gonna be tortured forever. 
It's like, but I, I don't really want to make him feel uncomfortable. Like, ah, you know, it might kind of affect my friendship with him. It's like, are you kidding? Like, if that first part's there, you're just like, everyone has to know this. It's not going to be even a question like, oh, should I go out and, oh, it sounds so hard. It's like, are you kidding? Like, it's not, it's not even going to be a problem. The motivation is going to be there because you actually care about them. It's like if you don't go share, it's like you hate them. Essentially, I don't really care if they die forever. And it's not, I mean, that's, I mean, that's too harsh. And maybe we're not thinking that. That thought isn't going through our head. But who's going to tell them if I don't tell them? I don't know. So that's the one part. The evangelism part is like that. Like, they need to know. A lot of times... It needs to be a little bit more involved in that. That's kind of where the navigators really helped us. Is just like, I mean, it's just, people grow slowly, right? It's just not, it's just like a slow change. People's change are really slow, right? But it's worth it. So the first idea of having an intelligent carelessness as we throw away our lives for the gospel. You know, I'm essentially throwing away what the world wants, thinks is good for me, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw it away because I got, I'm just thinking a little bit differently than anybody else, right? I, I just want to, I just want to pull as many people along as I can. I'm like, come on, you got to check this out. Like, if this is true, this is going to change your life completely. It is. Like, you're, you're, you're going to have no choice. Like, look at this. Look how much this guy loved us. How are we not going to love people like that, right? Like, he forgave me. Like, how are you not going to forgive your mom for doing that to you? But like, look how much he forgave you, though, right? And so, it's just life-changing stuff, right? So the first part is kind of evangelism. We need to be always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks us for the reason for the hope that we have, right? And we have to do it with gentleness and respect, right? We have to do that part. So, but one step further, okay, what does it look like to disciple someone or walk with someone through with their questions, with their doubts about God, and like bringing them to the Word, right? And so, a lot of times I feel like it, it doesn't work or I haven't seen a lot of fruit. I'm not saying it doesn't, it doesn't ever happen. But knocking on someone's door and sharing the gospel with them is great. I feel like it almost, it almost helps you more than it helps them. Right? It's like, okay, but good luck though. It's like, oh, you want to pray? Great. And that maybe they accept Christ. Awesome. It's all right. We got church and stuff. Like, but what would it look like? It's like, hey, I would, can we meet for coffee tomorrow? And we can talk more about this. Like, hey, we would love to have you over for dinner tomorrow. Like, I want to—I just want to get to know you guys and share what God's been doing. Like, I mean, I feel like evangelism should be in like it should start with like, hey, it should start with food like in your house. You want to come over for dinner? I—I I feel like that's like probably the best. If I give you like one piece of advice, like people just need to see you in your home in your real context, right? And so that's—at least that's for me one of the most practical things you can probably do. And so if someone is ready, like if you, okay, you're caring about someone, you're getting to know somebody who's not a Christian, maybe they are, this is like, hey, have you ever read the Bible before? You know, and that starts a conversation, but it's like, they probably haven't. It's like, well, do you want to read it with me? Like I'm trying to read my Bible more. What if we read it together? It sounds like so. It sounds so easy, but that's what I. I mean, that's what I do. 
And they say, yeah, let's do that. If it's one-on-one, -on -one, it could be a group. But it's like, instead of just saying, hey, hey why don't you come to my church? Like, That's good. Maybe a part of my family. But like, also, no, like, let's do it. And let's talk about it. And I feel like that life on life is like being right there with them and caring about them and answering them as a person it can change someone's life. So essentially what the, the idea is, just, I, want to, I love God so much, I love Jesus so much, I just want to pass on the love. I just want other people to love. It's like introducing your friend Jesus to everybody. That's essentially what you're doing. So I just want to encourage you in that. I think, uh, I think everybody should be doing this. And it's like, it just changes you. And it's really fun to see people become a part of your family, right? So how can we, how can we stop, how can we not do this is kind of the deal. So I would, I would just encourage you, like, let's be on mission. We got a job to do. We just gotta love people really well. We gotta be vocal about it, but also our lives have to reflect it. And it has to, there has to be some things in place. An undivided devotion to the Lord. And uh, let's go and make disciples of all nations. So thank you. Um, that's all I have to share. You have been listening to the Grace Point Church Podcast. To listen to more sermons from Pastor Ben, you can subscribe to this podcast, watch past sermons on our YouTube page, or watch live on Sunday mornings on our Facebook page. You can also follow us on social media through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. All of these links are accessible on our website, www.gracepointsc.org. That is www.gracepointsc.org. If you like what you hear from the Grace Point Church podcast, give us a rating or comment on your podcast platform if they allow. For Pastor Ben Hill and Grace Point Church, I'm James Hicks. Thank you for listening.